Hello, everyone. Welcome to HVA Reads, the podcast where HVA students discuss the books they've been reading. This podcast focuses on perspectives. How do our different backgrounds and life experiences affect how we read? We are learning on this podcast, and we hope that with each new set of podcasts, we will get better at production and leading discussion. Today's episode features Cole, Noah, and Landon discussing their independent reading about sports and connecting it to our class read, Lord of the Flies. Then they go on to discuss the class readings of the Joy Luck Club, Othello, and Their Eyes Are Watching God. There are some spoilers. Thanks for listening. Today on the Cold Duffy Podcast, we'll start off by discussing our independent reading, The Player's Tribune, which focuses on the world of sports. So, uh, Noah and Landon, why do you think that sports is an influential factor of our culture? I think it's very influential because it's creating almost like a like a, a getaway place for people who deal with like everyday stress and it's kind of like an entertainment aspect of the culture and they it kind of binds people together through that aspect of shared interests so it it just I think is a great way to relieve stress of everyday life. I think that many societies value competition as part of their culture. Competition is used to encourage people to constantly improve their skills and do what they want. This is how it can influence the culture by making them want to get better constantly. Yeah, okay. And so I would say that it influences our culture because millions of people watch sports. So naturally, whatever occurs in sports uh, impacts a large portion of America. I think it also gives them like a way out of like if they're adult, if they like are in a bad situation, it gives them a way to like kind of get out of that bad situation and provide for their family with the like multi-million dollar industry that sports is. Mm-hmm. So it kind of helps them with that and it kind of just gives them a way out. Yeah. So as you just said, Noah, it, sports is a multi-million dollar industry. So uh, obviously professional athletes make a lot more money than even the smartest American citizens. <laughs> Would you guys say that this is a good or bad thing? I think Uh, this is a good thing because uh, people view sports players as, some sports players as heroes, and they can be good role models for people, and people can want to live up to try to be like them. I think it could be good, but I also (laughs) think it could be, have a, like, a negative impact because although these people are very talented, these athletes are, I just still think that, like, they wouldn't impact the culture as much as someone who let's say is like super smart and has the ability to like have a cure for a disease or something like that, but that wouldn't be getting the same recognition that these athletes get on a day-to-day basis. But I also do think that what they're doing is like risking their health and risking their body. And like, it's a, it's a hard job. And I think that they do deserve to get yeah. paid. I See, I'd agree with you, Noah, because I'd say that it, it's probably bad that they make so much money because uh, it basically makes um, um, American citizens like, want to be athletes more than like intellectual people that contribute a lot more to society. But um, because we live in a capitalistic market and there's so much money involved in sports, uh, professional athletes just naturally make all the money because that's where the money is going uh, into sports and entertainment. And a lot of these athletes do use their platform for the good and have a lasting impact on culture and what they do like through like charitable foundations and what they like their release and all that and there's some of them who are very vocal on this topic and I think that it's it could be used to good but I don't think it's always used for good so that's why I think that it's probably 
we shouldn't be getting them as much as say other people who have a longer and lasting impact than they do. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's lots of physical risks with sports like the movie concussion like brought a lot of that to light about all the brain damage that is uh, can be found throughout the NFL. So do you think that sports is worth the physical risk for the players? It, I think it depends on the, uh, the, I guess, the cards that they were dealt. Because I feel like if you, some of these players, they like, they're making their, like, they're bringing in money for their families. They are, uh, I guess, I don't know how to say it, but they're providing for their families in a way that they probably couldn't without sports. So I guess if they're really for, like, risking their bodies and all that for mm-hmm. future generations, then I guess that this is good for them, but it's it's kind of like a risk reward thing. Yeah, yeah. So basically, like, a, I think what Noah's like saying was that a lot of people are like poor. A lot of like professional athletes were brought up poor and like poverty stricken. So th- this is really the main way for them to like get out of the poverty cycle and to achieve success for not only them but their family and their future generations. I agree with Cole, but I think that they should try to limit these injuries and try to help the players' health so they can keep at it longer and continue to make more money. Uh, one thing that I guess could relate to this, this is a pretty cheesy uh, relation, but I guess you can see that Jack and Lord of the Flies is like a big thing because he kind of he kind of risked what he was going after to for the group to provide meals for him and like hunting and all that and through this he kind of like went into a savage like nature so i guess this is kind of relatable to sports because of the fact that these players they try to i guess provide for their families and get money through this uh way but through the like lasting impact it really starts hurting their health and it really starts messing with their mostly their like football players with their brain with the concussions and this is really hurting them so I guess this is relatable to Lord of the Flies through that aspect of the way that Jack kind of slipped up and like created a savage like nature around the entire island for everyone yeah so speaking of Lord of the Flies how do you guys think that you would react to their situation of being stranded on the island I think I would react in a good way because since I'm an athlete I think I would be Would, so would you be like, do you think you'd be a leader or one of the followers or would you be somebody that tries to go out on their own and just do their own thing? I'd probably be a follower and since I'm on a team, it makes it easier to like stick together and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think I would react a lot similarly to how the kids reacted with because at the beginning of the book, it was kind of like everything's normal they were just at a different place so they were still trying to adapt to that culture of you don't have this like the same I guess luxuries that you had back home so I guess they were trying just to adapt to that and once they finally get adapted you can kind of see this like the island taking over I don't know if like it would be hard to think that I would be like turning into like what they got turned yeah, into definitely. but I do think that it would eventually take place just because of the the insanity of being alone for that long of a time yeah, I think that I would probably end up sticking with the group. And also, whenever, like, problems arose, I wouldn't be afraid to, like... I'd probably be a follower, but I wouldn't be afraid to, like, stand up to the leader because I'd probably try to think, like, logically about a situation in order to, like, reach the best possible solution to it. Because, in my opinion, whenever you, like, 
think with emotions and feelings, most of the time you what how you respond to a situation is not actually the, the best response. So that's how I would probably live life on the island. So how do you guys think that your life experiences have affected the way that you would live on the island if you were there? Uh, I just think, I guess, dude, this is kind of like a, not a great example, but through like camping and all that, it kind of gives me a, a sense of a little bit of a sense of what it would be like to be on an island. Of course, it's not totally anything mm-hmm. close to it, but I think it would help me a little bit through like, I guess I like outdoors. So that would help me a little bit as in through all this, like, like through playing sports and like, you kind of get that, like, like that work ethic. So I feel like that's going to help me on this island to, I guess, never give up, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think that that will affect, like, it will help me and it will also help the group through, like, don't quit mentality. Okay. Landon, what about you? I'm in the same boat as Noah. Like, since we're both on the same team and stuff, we would adapt this similarly and, yeah. Okay. So I think that the main reason that I can, like, leave my feelings out of a situation is basically just because, I mean, honestly, I don't really know. It's just, like, whenever, like, my whole life I've just been able to, like, think about a situation from, like, an observer standpoint, basically, and not, like, actually picture myself, like, involved with the situation. And I've learned that, like, by doing that, it, you always basically reach a better solution than if you're just focusing about how it affects you personally and not just like the greater picture of everybody that's involved in it. Yeah, I think that's going to help on the island too because if you start letting emotions get into a way, it's gonna, you're going to be almost uh, <coughs> bad because you won't be able to do anything because of the fact that if you're constantly worrying about like getting back in, or getting back home or getting off the island, you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to like work or you're not going to be able to think of like a long-term picture for the fact that if you were not rescued. So I think that would help if you wouldn't like, like show emotions, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that would be a very important aspect to have. Yeah. So, um, what about, for example, uh, the joy luck club? Like, how do you think that your life experiences have like affected the way that you viewed that book? Well, since I'm white, I can't really connect to the book since they're all Asian Americans, and I mm-hmm. don't really understand like what they're going through. I guess mm-hmm. the cultural barrier between the mothers and daughters there. Yeah, I would say that I agree with that. Like, obviously, I want to like learn about other cultures and heritages, but <clears throat> it's difficult to like actually understand, like completely understand, even if we hear about it and learn about other cultures or ways of life. <clears throat> it's difficult to like completely understand what they're going through because you've never actually like lived their life. I agree with Cole and Landon, but through the aspect of my sister is adopted from South Korea. So that gave us a, I guess it gave me almost like a, a little bit better understanding of the book because of the fact that I've uh, been through the adoption process of uh, South Korea. So I kind of understand not entirely, but I, I kind of get the culture a little bit better than I guess some people who never had that. Uh, experience that about Asian culture so I guess that kind of helped me a little bit more but I still do have this lack of understanding that of like the basic knowledge of the book because of the fact that I do not have a like first-hand relation to the the topic I guess yeah and also something that 
I just kind of like noticed about the Joy Luck Club is even though it's specific to Asian American immigrants and shows the like how they struggle to connect with their American born uh, daughters, that really like that struggle can be applied to like any group of immigrants. It's just uh, the author was uh, Asian American, so obviously she focused on Asian Americans in her book. But really, you could apply it to any group of immigrants that has ever come into America, because most of the time they're immigrating from a country because they it's not very like good for like it doesn't provide a very uh, good life. So obviously, when they come to America, America is going to be different because they left that country for a better, different life. So their kids that are raised up in this different society are naturally going to just have different outlooks on life and that's just going to create a barrier in between them and their parents that immigrated here from another country. Yeah, I think that uh, this book also did a great job of, I guess, having, because, yeah, this is about Asian American, but like Cole said, this can be, this can be kind of paired with any other, I guess, race or ethnicity that you, like, the relation to kids, even, like, just straight up like American, like nothing, like no immigration or anything like that. You can kind of see the rebellious nature of a kid yeah. and her and their parents. So I guess this kind of gives an understanding, understanding of yes, they are different than like what well, like white and they're they're Asian, but it also does create like a common like they're just like us. Like it's gonna be like mm-hmm. they're gonna be have their kids who are, think that they're not gonna be able to do this because of they're just like a rebellious nature. And I think that's a big thing that it has to, even though they are a different race, they kind of do have that bond and share that bond. Yeah, definitely. So how do you think that um, basically uh, a fellow, like, do you think, we talked about this in class some, do you think that the play was like racist or that Shakespeare was trying to make a point of like uh, saying that racism was bad? I think it could have been both, but I do think that it would have been, I, I don't know, I think I think it would have been easier at that time to not really, because at that time period it wasn't really like, like it was kind of an accepted fact that yeah. it was, <clears throat> there was like racism, but they didn't look at it as racism. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like the play itself was built or it was made for the time period that they lived in. So I guess through that aspect, it wasn't racist <clears throat> at the time because everything was like that. But at this time period, I think it would be racist because of the, I guess the the change that we endured. And yeah. I think that it would be classified as a racist play at this time period, but not at their time period. Yeah, I agree with Noah because back then, like, like he said, it was a common fact that racism was present, but in today it's not. Yeah, so basically like, I would agree with what you guys are saying, at least partially, because racism was definitely an an integral part of their society and nobody really acknowledged it. It just kind of existed. So I would say that during that time, people didn't really look at the play as racist just because to them, that's the way that things were. But then, yeah, modern day, looking back at it, there are definitely some parts of it that are racist. But then also there are some parts that are not like, for example, Othello, like basically the one black character has a, like is a major role in like the military and he has very high status. So that could be like just really opposing racism of Shakespeare's time, because 
I would assume that most people during Shakespeare's time would just like assume that all like black people were like foreign mm -hmm. and just evil and like nobody liked them. So that is definitely Shakespeare at least trying to like put a thought into people's minds of his time that um, that like not all white people were like that. Like they can still function in society as white people. Like they're really not that much different. So that could be one way that Othello is viewed as uh, not racist. So um, how do you guys think that, um, how, okay, how, how would you uh, change the ending to um, Their Eyes Are Watching God for your essays? Uh, I would, I don't know, I, I would probably try to, I guess, get the best out of everything and to keep try and keep both of them alive mm -hmm. because you can definitely see that they did have a connection at the end. So it would kind of suck that that ended because of a disease yeah. that did kill TK. I would try to relate it to present day because some features are still present in today, like poor, poverty-stricken uh, uh, neighborhoods, kind of like Eatonville. So I'll try to relate that to present day. Yeah, okay. So I would probably try to um, make it so uh, she ends up killing TK just like in the book. However, I would make it like make it more physical, basically, like with a knife or something like that. And they're like wrestling because I think that that would show whenever she kills TK, that would show um, how she's like overcoming his power, basically. And I think that's one of the main themes of the novel is that like men basically strive for power. And that's like the main thing that they care about in, in their lives. And you can see that in how Joe is like the mayor of the town and he lets the power all go to his head. And the same thing with uh, with her first wife or first husband and where he has uh, all of that land. And he's like, oh, you just are basically have to be my wife because I have all this power. So I think whenever she does end up killing tea cake, I would probably make it like more physical. So then it shows more how she's overcoming the male power or tea cakes power in the end to um, to really just like make make her content with her life and her uh, relationships and the men in her life. So I think that about sums it up for the Cold Duffy podcast. See you next time.